0: I'm gonna tell you a story.
1: How my life can float upside down and like, <laughs> no, that's not the word. It's okay. Oh wait, it's it's not Coco loco. It it's poco loco, el poco loco, or some shit like that.
0: That's what it's becoming. That's what the other day has become. That's yeah. why I thought it would be a great time to kind of go back to the roots, to the back, origin of back
1: uh, back to my roots. That. Hola y bienvenidos. I'm your host, Pico. And I am Obi, and we are Those Those Two two Mexicans.
0: Mexicans. As Queen of Mictlan, the underworld, the goddess, Mitekasiwadl, rules over the spirit of the afterlife with her husband, Mictlantecutli. She was worshipped across Mesoamerica in the cultural belief that instead of going to heaven, all souls of the dead descended nine layers in an arduous four-year journey into extinction into the deepest part of Mictlan. In Mexico, the idea that souls exist after death is passed down from parent to child. Spirits of the dead rest in Mictlan until awakened from their eternal sleep for one day each year, when they can return home to visit their loved ones. Mixtecasiwadl watches over the bones of the dead and presides over their ancient festivals. The Aztecs recognize death as a natural part of the circle of life. Instead of insulting the dead with mourning and sadness, the lives of the deceased are honored. So that was the origin of the Day of the Dead.
1: Oh, so you mean it didn't start with Pixar's Coco? Mm-hmm. No, okay.
0: and they weren't able to trademark it either.
1: Ah, So, you know, I really don't know a lot about the de los Muertos.
0: I don't think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people just kind of know it from what they see in the media. Mm-hmm. Especially here in America, they kind of see the colorful. vibrant. You know, everybody sucked. Coco. 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 Everybody saw that and that's pretty much what you see, or what you see on Halloween with the painted skeletons on the face yeah. and the bright colors and all of that. So
1: The little slut skeletons.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that is what the other muertos has become.
1: I'm not slut shaming, just
0: But that's what they are, little slut slut poopies. <laughs> little slut poopies, that's what I call them. <laughs> you have to be sexy everything. Yeah. Nothing can't just be. So anyway, I thought that today we mm. would release uh, a bonus episode.
1: Is it a bonus? Yeah,
0: because we usually release, oh yeah we usually do we usually ones. release them on Thursday. Right. Yeah. But today is Sunday. Sunday. And here we are, Sunday, November first, which is the Other Muertos. And I'm gonna talk about some bit of trivia that most people don't know about the Other Muertos. A lot of stuff I didn't know either because I really didn't grow up with. The other muertos. Why? I was in a religion that was a fundamentalist religion and they didn't celebrate any of that stuff. And a lot of people still don't, you know, even here in Halloween is considered a devil's holiday. Yeah. For the most part, for, by religious people. But, you know, it's become so commercial that now it's just go we'll get some candy. I mean, you, can,
1: you you could pick up Day of the Dead stuff at the fucking nine yeah. Well, nine that's what story.
0: that's what it's becoming. That's what Day of the Dead has become. That's yeah. why I thought it would be a great time to kind of go back to the roots, to back, the origin back, of, back of
1: back to my roots. That <laughs> no, okay,
0: yes, yeah, RuPaul. That's where we're going back.
1: Well, no, I mean, you know, like we both grew up here, right? I mean, I was born in Mexico, so everything that I know is Anglofied, is Disney-fied. Disney-fied and Anglofied when it comes to the other So...
0: Yeah, Yeah. and so here we go. We're going to do a little bit of some school, some schooling, more schooling for you gringos.
1: Yeah, I hope you all enjoy this kind of content.
0: Yeah, let us know if you do enjoy it. If not, we'll stop it and we'll talk about Paris Hilton. Gross. (laughs) Or who's the new
1: people now? Kim Kardashian. (sighs) Kim Kardashian? I mean, sorry, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian? (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe they're still relevant. I know, but (sighs) they will forever. Whatever. But
0: anyway, did you hear what happened what? with her? With him? one of the Kardashians, whoever is married to the Trump supporter guy, what's his name? Connie? You Kanye. You mean Kanye? Kanye West. Oh my god! But he gave his wife. Who's his wife? I don't even know who his wife is.
1: Clint, Clint, Clint. Kim. 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 Kim Kardashian. Kardashian. Okay.
0: So he gave Kim Kardashian a hologram uh, for her birthday. Which yeah. A hologram of her dad Ooh. with a birthday wish. What? I know creepy oh i guess you can have robert kardashian yeah, saying happy birthday to his daughter Damn. from the grave oh so anyway happy that, halloween you hear that I saw it, i saw it on a post on facebook honestly i didn't even read it i just kind of skimmed it <laughs> you just read the headline it could be it could be an onion it could, oh, be a, it, could okay. it could be I'm, I'm not saying that it is
1: the, we're not saying anything factual here just fyi
0: this is what I read. Facebook had it. It must be true. Hey.
1: Uh, that's how I Speaking roll. of Facebook, Ooh, we now have yes. a Facebook page oh, for our fuck. That's another thing that we have to So make promote. sure
0: you like us on Facebook. You can find us at Dos Two Mexicans Podcast.
1: And el libro del la cara.
0: <laughs> no. You're not that Mexican. Okay. So, I think we got everything covered. Okay. I hope you're enjoying our previous episodes. They're all available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and on Amazon Music. Oh
1: yeah, Amazon Music. We just we just uploaded
0: them to Amazon
1: Music. Yeah, and they got approved. So, so if yay. you're finding us if you're finding us on Amazon Music, welcome, welcome. Bienvenidos.
0: And like us Review us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah,
1: definitely review us. The reviewers really help us a lot. Um, it will. You we're know. just getting
0: started. We got a few followers. Well, we need to make this grow. So hopefully yeah. we're making really fun content. It helps, the, like.
1: it helps the algorithm shit that I don't... It's confusing to me, but please subscribe and review us.
0: Which is why Instagram is confusing to me. And so is Twitter. I can't is,
1: figure out the real shit. Which
0: is why I will be in charge of the Facebook group. Because I know that one very well.
1: Yeah, I... I the real seems seem easy, but I just I can't. I uh, we'll work it out. All right, whatever. All
0: right, so here we go.
1: All right, so Ob is going to take us to school. Yay, yeah, school! My God, pep it up, pep it up. School. <laughs> all right, so he's gonna break it down. Some
0: I'm going to be giving you some little known facts about. The Day of the Dead.
1: Or known facts. We don't know. You
0: may or you may not, but mostly you
1: probably don't. I hope so. Let us know. Great.
0: First off, the Spanish name for Day of the Dead is erroneously referred to as Dia de los Muertos. You can see it in our episode cover art and in some of the other stuff we use to promote this episode. But I want to stress that indeed... That is the Americanized retranslation to Spanish. And I'll explain that in just a minute. So nowhere in Mexico will you see the holiday referred to as Dia de los Muertos. So when America took hold of this holiday, it got translated to Day of the Dead. And so when you retranslate that to Spanish, it becomes Dia de los Muertos. So, most people don't know that Dia de Muertos is not just one day, but spans from October 31st, which is Halloween, through November 2nd. But mostly, we will be focusing on November 1 and November 2. And there are three parts to the celebration, beginning with November 1st at midnight, with Dia de los Angelitos, followed by Dia de los Difuntos, starting on November 2nd at midnight, and finally culminating with... Dia de los Muertos later that day beginning at noon. El Dia de los Muertos is meant to honor the spirits of deceased adults on November first, however, families gather to remember the spirits of children who have passed away prematurely. This is called el Dia de los Angelitos or the Day of the Little Angels. Dia de los Angelitos happens the day before the big event of November 2nd because it is said that the spirit of the children are so eager to come back to the land of the living that they run ahead of the adults who arrive a night later. That day is also sometimes called El Dia de los Inocentes or Day of the Innocents but this can be confused without further clarification for Mexico's version of April Fool's Day on December 28th. The Day of the Dead isn't just different from Halloween. It is also potentially much, much older, too. Historians trace its origins back as far as 3,000 years to ancient Mesoamerican festivals dedicated to the goddess of the underworld, Miteca These festivals were traditionally held in the ninth month of the Aztec calendar, which roughly corresponds to August. However, in an attempt by Spanish conquistadors to make it a Christian holiday, it was moved to the end of October and beginning of November to coincide with the Catholic all hallowtide Tritium. Basically a fancy word for a three-day holiday, which includes All Saints' Eve on October 31st, All Saints' Day on November 1st, and All Souls' Day on November 2nd. The Day of the Dead is Mexico's biggest religious holiday with big public events like parades and gatherings at cemeteries, complete with mariachi bands, as well as more intimate celebrations that take place inside individual homes. Because of that, it can get expensive. Some families in rural parts of Mexico spend as much as two months' income on lavish decorations and food specific to the holiday. One of the main functions of the Day of the Dead is cleaning of the graves. This is done both as part of the ritual to prepare for the very important visitation that will be coming in the form of spirits of the dead, as well as for pragmatic reasons. Unlike in the United States, in Mexico, the majority of cemeteries are not privately owned and therefore have to be maintained by members of the community. Also, every year during the week of November 2nd, parts of Mexico are swarmed with monarch butterflies that travel 3,000 miles all the way from Canada. The belief that the spirits of the dead would return in this form of hummingbirds or butterflies goes back all the way to the Aztecs, so it's not hard to see why the monarch would become a key decorative motif. To Americans, it might sound like a predictable setup to a horror movie, but in some parts of Mexico, spending a night inside a graveyard, picnicking next to a dead family member's grave, telling stories, listening to music, and just generally making merry is all part of the celebration. If this all sounds like a lot of time and energy and money, well just remember, not celebrating could be even more costly. According to tradition, if the dead return home and find that their family has failed to build them a suitable altar, they sometimes get revenge. This can manifest in a variety of ways, including sickness and even death. And there you have it—just a couple of trivia points that you may or may not have been aware of.
1: Damn, so like we're pretty superstitious. I wonder if they like haunt the family members or something. Yeah, I, I didn't know that it was the the muertos.
0: They translated Dia de Muertos as Day of the Dead, uh-huh. and when they re-translated it into Spanish, it became... they added yeah they added los oh. or the.
1: So Switching it go. up, colonialism. You,
0: you know that always happens. Uh,
1: uh, uh. And there was also a Mex- There's a Mexican April Fool's Day.
0: It's kind of a Mexican April Fool's Day on December twenty eighth. It's a it's a Catholic holiday known as Day of the Innocents. But that holiday commemorates the event of the slaughtering of children back uh, when Jesus was around.
1: Oh, no shit. Yeah, so
0: King Herod, something about a prophecy, King Herod learned that Jesus was going to come and take over, kill him or something like that. So he didn't want that to happen. So what he did is he had every male child I think it was from the ages of two and younger, would be slaughtered so that eventually they would slaughter Jesus.
1: Damn, the Bible is full of uh, people killing children. There's always people killing children.
0: (laughs) That sucks. And so that became a a Catholic holiday. And what they do at that time is they do a lot of pranks, kind of like April Fool's. Mm, So it's it's a big celebration. But cool. don't not to be confused with the other Los Angelitos or Day of the Little Angels, which commemor- is commemorated on November first, and it's to commemorate premature passing of uh, children.
1: Yeah. So the monarch butterflies. So that's something that's been going on for thousands and thousands of years. So like the Aztec people, when that would when that would happen. They just, because I guess we're so superstitious, right? Well, that they interpreted that as.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, the the holiday of Dia de Muertos coincided with the return of those monarch butterflies. And so when they would see those butterflies, they would, you know, they make, made an association. And so they incorporated that into them.
1: Oh, man. I, I bet you that was like a probably like a beautiful sight to see well
0: it still happens yeah parts yeah, of yeah. mexico they have the butterflies that come back just like in california the, 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 swallows. the swallows to san juan capistrano So yeah and so uh, one of the things i didn't mention was the um the ofrendas or the altars that are are made for the dead basically what it is is they'll take some memorabilia or the um the dead ones' favorite drinks or food, and they'll place it in the altar. So when the dead return, they look for that altar. It kind of entices them to come and, and find them, find the family. If you remember in Coco, where they had the thing, if you if you don't put up an altar, they can't get back. Right. So that's kind of one of where that.
1: Hell, Coco loco. Yes, Coco loco.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that there you have it. Some little bit of unknown trivia about Tia de Muertos. Día de Muertos. Got it. So now you're going to tell us a little bit about the artwork. As we know, Día de Muertos is very colorful. One of the big um, motifs in the holiday is the calavera. Yes. So you're going to tell us a little bit about how that originated or how that became very popular. Right? Yes. I All sure right, so am. Take it away, Vico. <laughs> All
1: right. So we have... José Guadalupe Posada. He is considered to be one of the best engravers in Mexico's history, compared by some to, and you say this name because I'm going to fuck it up. Go ahead. What's the name? Honoré Duamier.
0: Honoré Domier.
1: For his merciless satire of bourgeois life.
0: Oh, bourgeoisie.
1: (laughs) Aubrey Beardsley, who illustrated Oscar Wilde's Salome, and political cartoonist Herbert Block, who took on McCarthyism and Stalinism. So he's in that group. He was born in Aguascalientes on February 2nd, 1852. His brother Cirilo, the town's school teacher, taught him how to read, write, and draw. He started drawing and copying religious images at an early age and worked in a ceramic shop before learning the art of engraving. In 1866, he started working as an apprentice at the Taller de Trinidad Pedrosa, where he learned lithography and engraving. This experience helped him make a few satirical illustrations for El Jicote magazine. In 1872, his satires of Jesús Gómez Portugal became the first to produce repercussions, Gomez forced Posada and Pedrosa to move to Leon, Guanajuato, where they started to produce their own lithographs and prints in wood that would illustrate matchboxes, documents, and books. After a flood that destroyed most of Leon in 1887, he decided to move to Mexico City, where he worked for Ireneo Paz, who was the grandfather of Nobel Prize-winning author
0: Octavio Paz.
1: He opened two additional workshops and also drew political cartoons for many periodicals. His dedication to his work became legendary. A short time later, he became the head artist at the Taller Antonio Venegas Arroyo, where he made thousands of illustrations for this press that produced inexpensive literature for the lower classes. They printed various newspapers, as well as comedies, farces, thrillers, psalm books, and histories of saints and historical figures. He also made illustrations and political caricatures for other editorials like Argos, La Patria, El Aguisote and El Hijo del Aguisote, where they would oppose the current government run by Presidente Porfirio Diaz. He is reported to have worked for over 50 different publications in all. Posada worked closely with Manuel Manilla, a fellow illustrator and engraver, and Constancio Suarez, who was a poet, to produce rich editorials against the dictatorship. So, along with Manía, they became the greatest promoters of the tradition of the Day of the Dead, which is celebrated November 2nd in Mexico. What do you think Posada's most notable work is?
0: I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say La Catrina. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, yay.
1: So, La Catrina is a skeleton, female skeleton, that is dressed up in the fanciest of clothes of the time to represent the corrupt society under which they all lived. It was this theme that got him national recognition and even landed him in jail a few times. Mm -hmm. So Posada worked tirelessly in the press. The works he completed in his press during this time allowed him to develop his artistic prowess as a draftsman engraver and lithographer. At the time, he continued to play a crucial role for the government during the presidency of Francisco Madero and during the campaign of Emilio Zapata, by satirizing them with his illustrations. So, from the outset of the Mexican Revolution in 1918, and up until his death on January 20th, 1913, Posada produced countless prints for the Workers' Press, where he established his notoriety, becoming an influence on other artists such as José Clemente Orozco, Leopoldo Méndez, and the Taller de Grafica Popular. There are major collections of his works at the Bellas Artes National Institute, the Biblioteca de México, the National Library of Anthropology and History, and the Municipal Archive of the City of León, the Art Collection at the Basílica de Guadalupe in Mexico City, the Getty Research Institute, the Art Institute of Chicago, the University of Hawaii, the University of New Mexico, and the Library of Congress. Historians and academics have estimated that during his long career, Posada produced about 20,000 plus images that were on pamphlets, chapbooks, which is a type of street literature. So Posada was also studied by key figures of Mexican muralism. So mural artists inspired by Posada, such as Diego and Jose Clemente Orozco. What do I win? Oh, you know what you'll win catered to a Mexican elite that rejected foreign styles as a part of their newfound bourgeois taste. Bourgeois pigs in, in the 1920s, the U.S. and Mexico-based publicist Jean Charlotte popularized Posada's broadsides, which are large one-sided print. In 1929, Anita Brenner published the book Idols Behind Altars using Posada's illustrations Brenner called Posada a prophet and linked him to the Mexican peasants and workers. U.S. author Francis Tour promoted Posada as folklore with her 1930s book Posada, Grabador Mexicano, which Rivera commented on 406 engravings by Posada in the foreword of that book. When Leopoldo Mendez, a graphic artist, got to know about Posada's prints, he adopted him as an artistic and cultural hero. One of Mendez's last projects was a study of Posada, where Mendez produced over 900 Posada illustrations. So one of Posada's most known works are his calaveras, which he often put them in various costumes. But La Calavera Catrina is rooted in political satire and is also a well-kept tradition as the original was inspired by the polarizing reign of dictator Porfirio Diaz. Diaz is lauded for modernizing and bringing financial stability to Mexico, but he also led his government in repression, corruption, and excess, and had an apparent obsession with European materialism and culture. Writer Christine Del Sol, and I quote, Concentration of fantastic wealth in the hands of the privileged few brewed discontent in the hearts of the suffering many, leading to the 1910 rebellion that toppled Diaz in 1911 and became what is known as
0: Dia de Muertos.
1: The Mexican Revolution. Oh, the
0: Mexican Revolution. Ay, pendejo.
1: So remember, La Calavera Catrina symbolizes that contrast between the upper and lower classes. When times were cruel and the upper class was the most fortunate, enjoyed many privileges in contrast to the lower class who were nearly invisible. Remember that the Calaveras have a significance. It's not about horror or the spook factor. It represents a culture that celebrates life and death steeped in a very long, complicated tradition.
0: Fascinating. I didn't know that. So there you have it. There you All have it. you wanted to know about Dia de Muertos.
1: I hope you learned something new. The artwork. And if you don't, that was maybe a good refresher course. So just, yeah, so just know if, if you want to culturally appropriate... I mean, that's on you.
0: <laughs> but if you do, I'm going to dress up like a Hellbilly and show up in your doorstep. <laughs> All right. Well, happy well, that, yeah, that Dia was- de
1: Muertos.
0: This was a short one, so we didn't want to overwhelm everyone with information. But we hope everyone is having a safe weekend. Yep. Uh, you can check out some more information about the other mortals. Like I, like we said, there is just so much information. That, and we didn't want to make this a like an hour-long episode. So more trivia can be found on our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be posting some of... Uh, posadas artwork on our yeah that'd be nice on our instagramming in in case you want to see it yeah his other work yeah and there's also a book that um i'm going to put a link to or i'm going to give you a link to if you guys want to purchase it and it's a couple of not a couple but it's like maybe like a couple hundred illustrations of his stuff nice yeah
0: so join us on apple Podcasts and spotify to listen to our episodes yeah
1: and on apple please subscribe and review Reviews really help us out.
0: They do. They will help us to see what, what kind of content you guys are wanting to hear or not hear. Follow us. And you could Engage with us. Let us know how you're feeling about these episodes. Right. Yep. Yeah. And... You could email
1: us at those 2 mexicans at gmail.com.
0: And remember, our episodes come out every Thursday of every week. So we'll have one coming up Thursday. So be sure to subscribe and like us so you'll know what episode is coming up. Yep. It's going to be a surprise.
1: Sorpresa.
0: And check out our previous episodes We did a two part series About Mexican horror films mm-hmm. And we also reviewed uh, Mexican Gothic on In our third episode By Silvia so, Moreno García And there you have it You guys have a great weekend And we will see you on Thursday See
1: you on Thursday Have a good Dia de Muertos Peace Adios Bye bye
0: You have been listening to Those, those Two, two Mexicans. Mexicans. Don't be that person and miss any of our episodes. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts at Those Two Mexicans. And follow us on Spotify, Instagram, and Twitter at
1: Those Two Mexicans. And also email us at those two Mexicans at gmail.com. And in case we haven't been clear, we are Those, those Two Mexicans. Mexicans. See you next week. Hasta la próxima.